Hi there, you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. I'm your host, Erin Nicole, and I am so appreciative that you're taking the time to listen to this show today. The show is all about empowering you to live your happiest life. I interview a variety of guests from all walks of life so that you can hear their story and be inspired to live your happiest life as well. I'm super stoked about this week's interview guest, Haley Mullins. I actually met her in person, and I don't want to steal the story from the show, um, but this is a very extremely talented person, and you're going to learn so much from her. Make sure to connect with her. Um, She'll share how to connect with her towards the end of the episode, and then make sure also you listen all the way to the end if you enjoy music. We are doing the listening room competition once we hit 10,000 downloads. We will be getting those invites sent out to you all. Uh, So make sure to listen towards the end to see how many downloads we're at so far with the show. Love you guys. Here we are. All right. I am super excited, super honored to have Haley Mullins here on the Move Happy Movement podcast and vlog. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you, Arian. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so most, it's it's funny, most of my guests that I've had on the show, I've connected through social media and we were one of those rare breeds that actually met in person. That's right. That is right. And though it was a really it, strange meeting too. Yeah. I mean, though, like it was through an interview internet app like it was like Lyft or Uber I think mm-hmm. it was Lyft um, it was Lyft, yeah but like at the same time like we met in person and I was like oh my gosh like you're so cool like I love your story and then you know the whole the whole idea behind your passion and following your passion to find a school when I, I don't want to tell your story um for yes. those that don't know your background let's let's dive a little bit to the background of your origin story so like very okay. beginnings as early as you want to go Okay. Uh, let's talk about your origin story. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's just, I started, I have been drawing since I could like heart, like since I could remember just picking mm-hmm. up a pencil, like we're starting, like talking, like starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like my love for animation had started, it started when, um, when I was little, my parents would take me to Walt Disney world and, at Walt Disney World, they had MGM Studios, which at the time, back there in the 90s through the 2000s, mm-hmm. um, it was a working studio. And they produced films like The Lion King, um, Mulan, Brother Bear, Lilo and Stitch. And mm-hmm. you had an opportunity to tour the studios um, so as cool. a guest. Yeah, it was super, super cool. Um, I was lucky enough to remember seeing um, Lilo and Stitch and Brother Bear in production. I have mm-hmm. very like vivid wow. memories of like looking through the... Um, looking through the glass down at the background painters mm-hmm. as they were working on those gorgeous backgrounds for those films. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where my love for it had initially started was being just, just in awe of these artists that I could watch through a window mm-hmm. and literally coming back home and going, I want to do what they do. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> we, I ruined um, a VHS tape of Peter Pan because I would just play it all the way through and stop it and draw it and then start it again. And they had these, um, on the DVD versions of it, they would have these like behind the scenes, um, uh, B-roll of Peter Pan and they would show the animators like Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston working on these films. Um, and if you don't know who they are, they are basically some of the godfathers of classic traditional animation um, (laughs) in the United States. And they are our heroes, essentially. 
Um, but I would go through and watch those B-rolls and just be absolutely blown away. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where it really started. And then it wasn't until, um, probably around the time that it was either Tangled or Frozen came out where I realized that, oh my gosh, like I want to do this for a living. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that it was a job. Like seeing those early films and seeing those people work behind the scenes had Mm -hmm. sparked that interest for me, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until I um, had seen Frozen and I had realized, oh my gosh, like people can do this for a job. Like this is attainable. Yeah, Um, And that's where, that's where, um, that's where that had sparked me down the road that I'm on now. And I had applied to um, a number of art schools, uh, Mm -hmm. Savannah College of Art and Design. Mm -hmm. And um, at the reference of my athletic director in high school, his son coached at Stetson University and they had played um, Lipscomb University often. They were in the same conference and he was like, you should, you know, check out Lipscomb. Like they're a great school. Like every time we play them, like the guys have been just like nice and courteous and whatnot. So I was like, okay, so I checked out Lipscomb and fell in love with campus almost immediately. And that was back in 2016. I got accepted and that was when the animation program was only a year old at that point, mm-hmm. maybe two years old. It was a baby. And our um, department head, Tom Bancroft, who is a former uh, Disney animator, um, mm-hmm. worked in the Florida studio. There's that Florida connection that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably saw him working without even realizing it. <laughs> probably. Um, and he had started the program at Lipscomb, and that's all she wrote ever since. And as of last weekend, um, mm-hmm. last Friday, I am now a graduate from Lipscomb University. Yay! <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. That's huge. And I met you, oh gosh, was this like three years ago? It was like two or three years ago. You were, I want to say you were a junior. I was a, a so I was living that summer that we met. I was, that was 2019. So I believe I was a junior heading into my senior year. Yeah. 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 I remember you talking about the professor and how you kind of like sought him out in studies (laughs) and like, didn't he offer you a job or like an internship to work with him directly? Wasn't something, something Um, positive came about. I feel like, (laughs) well, I, how I met him was I had reached out to him through Facebook. I had added him on Facebook because Mm -hmm. we were a part of the same group Mm -hmm. um, that was dedicated to um, back then, back when it was known as MGM studios, they had, a certain section of the working studio that was dedicated to teaching people how to draw Disney characters. Oh, cool. um, it was called the animation Academy. So I had seen him in that group and added mm-hmm. him from there mm-hmm. and also followed him at the same time on Instagram. And I messaged him. I was like, Hey, I heard that you were teaching at Lipscomb. Like you just announced it. Um, I heard great things about Lipscomb. Can I like, can we meet? Unfortunately, we couldn't. Um, mm-hmm. When I went down, um, when I went down initially for my uh, campus tour, he wasn't able to meet with me. But um, from, I mean, since then, I've worked with him several times. Um, awesome. I worked with him uh, with the Tennessee Titans yeah. um, when I worked for them a couple seasons ago, which mm-hmm. was about yeah two years ago. So fall of 2019 was when we first started working with them. Um, I've worked on a couple more projects with him since then. So, but from the get go, no, we were just getting to know each other. Um, but yeah, we've developed quite the relationship. That's so cool. I love that. (laughs) 
And I'd imagine like, it sounds like a, a really fun career path, but it, it probably has its, its ups and downs, its struggles mm-hmm. its stresses, especially if you're working yeah. for such prestigious professional organizations like Disney yeah. or, you know, professional NFL team. Mm-hmm. Let's talk tips, strategies for keeping a positive mindset for those that are either yeah. in your industry right now, or they're aspiring to do what you are already doing. What are some tips you could share with them on keeping a positive mindset on those stressful days? Yeah, um, I think one of the most rooting um, headspaces that I can put myself in is to just remember why you started doing it in the first place. Um, remember to have fun, take away that stress. Yes, it's a job, and yes, you have deadlines that you have to meet, mm-hmm. but also remembering to have fun at the same time and kind of like mm. take off that. Um, initial layer is super important. I found it for myself personally, I found it helpful to kind of tell myself like almost in a mantra type of way, like I'm going to make mistakes, like it's going to happen, you know? So just don't worry about those. Like we will acknowledge the mistakes when they're brought up, Mm -hmm. but just go in, you know, give it your best first pass, second pass. Um, I feel, I find that self-affirmation like that, like Mm -hmm. being open and honest with myself and going, okay, like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to mess up. Like there's going to be some moments that, um, when I'm working that I'm going to need to, you know, address later if the client doesn't see what they like. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're working in a studio, you're going to be working with a supervisor. It's differently fix this. Um, or if you're working for like the NFL, in that case, that would be my social media director. And he'd be like, I think we could try this color instead or move mm-hmm. this over here. Um, so just kind of like getting in that mind space of being okay with making mistakes or being okay, not with mistakes, but with changes. Um, yeah. That's definitely such a big part. You got to kind of, you got to kind of like remove yourself from the equation and go, mm-hmm. okay, like what can I do to make this piece of art? Uh, better like Mm -hmm. what is there um what is there I'm trying to think of the word for it but um what can I do to accommodate the piece Uh, what can I do to um get to the product that my supervisor is looking for and um what whoever your boss is um and just remember that it's not a personal attack on you Mm -hmm. if they want to make changes (laughs) it's not it's not a it's not an attack on your character or your um just your talent as an artist it's just Mm -hmm. helping you get to that um get to that level of the art piece that you're trying to make um if that makes any sense whatsoever but yeah I guess (laughs) to get around I man I ramble so hard long story short be okay with making mistakes they're gonna happen and it one of my mentors told me this when I was working on Netflix show last year nobody's going to die if you make a bad drawing yeah, so, it's, it's so like, true. It's not life or death. <laughs> that's so <laughs> true. That's what I mean to say. And I love that like smooth drop in of like when I was working on a Netflix show. Like <laughs> you're so cool. 
I mean, seriously, but what I, what, my takeaway from what you said is really taking the emotion out of it. Like yeah. going mm-hmm. in, like, yes, you're creative, you're drawing, you're mm-hmm. doing animation, but really it's up to what the client or the customer wants. So if they want exactly. something yeah. different, like take your emotions out of it. Like mm-hmm. it's okay. Like you're allowed to have your own emotions in it if it's for mm-hmm. you, <laughs> like mm-hmm. if it's for you, but if someone else is paying for it, like let them have what they want, even if it's yeah. like <laughs> like yeah, even exactly. if you don't like it just right. let them have it so right. no that's that's super cool and great tips um second pillar of move happy is all about community and you know mm-hmm. connecting with others for social health and well-being um maybe you've experienced this positively or maybe you've experienced some challenges what are what are some tips some things you've learned either in the college setting or in the professional mm-hmm. setting on mm-hmm. connecting with other animators or connecting with other artists that um, you'd like to share as far as like helping others to connect um, to positive, healthy relationships. Right, right. I have been super lucky um, attending Lipscomb for the last four and a half years to have found such a stable and strong community. Um, and it's not just within the animation program. It's across mm-hmm. all departments. It's across the College of Entertainment and the Arts and even outside of the CEA. Um, so I've been really lucky there as far as like maintaining those relationships go. I mean, they're just so intentional, like every single professor in our departments, whether it's film, music, animation, like they are all intentional about creating lasting relationships with Mm -hmm. students. And I think that's what sets, not to plug Lipscomb in a little bit, but I think that's, (laughs) I think that's what sets my school apart specifically Mm -hmm. is that they take pride in forming you as a person and that you matter as a person first and then it's everything else second like you're not you're not a number there um and I have seen that personally in my own life and I think that within the animation department specifically because I was um my first group of freshmen that I was a part of there are only seven of us Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was only three, four professors in it. So there was a lot of room to like get to know each other and to, you know, bond. And we had gotten to see so many like great speakers come through our school and had witnessed so many changes together as a group that that really, it really solidified our bond. And um, so I definitely think that was definitely a factor in it. And then seeing that um, grow, especially as we got more students that, um, entered the animation program. Like right Mm -hmm. now we are 80 strong. How we managed to go from seven to 80 students is absolutely mind blowing, but it's some, it's a tradition that I hope they continue, um, long after I'm gone is just forming like meaningful relationships. And I think from a work standpoint that, I don't know. I think it helps you produce better art and produce mm-hmm. better work when you Definitely. have a team, when you have a team around you that supports you, not only as an artist, but as a person, mm-hmm. um, because those like, I can tell you like the hours that we've put into our senior films where it was going like right down to the line and we had a deadline to hit, we were tired, mm-hmm. but we had each other to fall back on and to support. And it's not only just in the animation setting is like, as someone with um, mental health issues as someone who has bipolar two and generalized anxiety disorder, um, the care goes far beyond outside the classroom. Like I said, like our professors 
care for us as people. They want us to do well spiritually, mm-hmm. physically, even artistically. And so that care goes beyond just producing great art. Like they want to see you thrive overall. And my friendships mm-hmm. have been all the same way. Like we all, like we all sharpen each other. Um, we all bring out the best in each other and we're also there for each other um, in the rough in the rough spots too. And I can say that with my relationship with the Tennessee Titans has been the same exact thing. Um, I lost my grandmother last year, very, very suddenly. And sorry. Thank you. Um, And they were that team, like the people I worked with reached out and I wouldn't have ever expected it, but because that we, that I put in the effort in the relationship. And so that they, um, it really meant a lot to me that, the team that I'd worked with for almost a little over half a year had reached out to comfort me. And the same thing with the people in my college, people that I hadn't seen in almost eight months due to the pandemic that we're in right now. Um, That meant the world. And that really got me through that tough time because that turned my entire world um, upside down losing her. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's an incredible testament to, to, culture and and just the power of our relationships and how they can really help with our mental health so thank you for yeah. for sharing that and being of transparent. course I'm sorry you lost your grandma that's not <laughs> an easy thing oh that's so yeah. tough um yeah you did mention a little bit about uh movement I want to say let's let's go into our third pillar so the third pillar is all about moving, exercise, fitness, dance, yeah. whatever your your favorite thing is mm-hmm. um, to help with your mental health. You know, we, we know that exercise is really positive for our right. well-being and happiness and whatnot. So right. with that in mind, what are some of your favorite things or what is your, your favorite way to move <laughs> your body that maybe doesn't cost a lot? <laughs> well, I think I'm really lucky to have come from a um, student athlete perspective. I am a former student athlete, so I kind of have some prior knowledge when it comes to stretching and to moving around and taking mm-hmm. care of myself in that regard. Um, although I do have a career where I am sitting at a desk mm-hmm. for 12 hours and I am facing the consequences for it at a ripe 23 years old. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I picked up over the, um, over the course of the year was yoga. Um, yeah. I learned that I really enjoyed yoga. Um, mm-hmm. One of the classes that I took at Lipscomb was a gen ed class and it was called uh, Lifetime Wellness. And it um, it covered high intensity interval training, mm-hmm. um, which is something I haven't done since I was in physical therapy for back injury back when I played um, volleyball in high school. So I haven't taken any sort of hit class mm-hmm. in a while and it mm-hmm. kicked my it kicked my rear end. Yeah. Um, but I as it does. I, yeah. And I, man, the first couple of like the first couple of weeks where, where we were doing them, um, excuse me, um, where we were doing some hit just courses, just going right through it. Mm-hmm. I was dying. I was mm-hmm. like, I haven't done this in close to five years. <laughs> when is it over? <laughs> when is it over? And I like, I like hit in the fact that it's like you're repeating these short intervals, mm-hmm. um, these short movements for a set amount of time, and then you move on to the next thing. I really like that about hit. But um, yoga really forced me to slow down and kind of like ground myself and kind of like get back in my body and kind of check yeah. in with how I'm feeling. And of course, with um, your mental health, especially, it's kind of good to like kind of like go through your head, like see what you're thinking. 
Like, how are you feeling? Like that helped a lot. And I think that helped with my coping mechanisms that I was learning at the time to help with my anxiety diagnosis. Um, that helped a ton. And it was just good, like to take a moment to myself and like get away from the computer and stretch. And I, the effects, like the long-term effects of it were astronomical back when I was doing it almost every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a creature of habit, but I haven't been (laughs) maintaining that habit um, in a hot minute. So I'm going to call myself out for that. But back when I was doing it, it was helping me with my posture and the way I was Mm -hmm. sitting. And I felt better overall when I was working. So I also learned hardcore over the past year how important your physical health is to maintain your to maintain your work you can't produce good work if you're not feeling good and that Mm -hmm. goes as far as maintaining your mental health maintaining your physical health so um I need to get back into it but I did I did practice for a while and I would like to start getting into it again heck yeah you're inspiring (laughs) me too I know I feel really good when I do more yoga and Mm -hmm. the high intensity I don't think I ever feel good but I know it's good no No, it's all right. No. It's all right. There's plenty of ways to move our bodies. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what are you? What are you super stoked about? Super excited about that we can, sh- you know, support you with here at Move Happy. Oh man, I just I am so I can't stop talking about this team. But I love the Tennessee Titans so Ooh. dang much. They are so great. <laughs> Tighten up. Um, I had such a blast working with them last um, season and had a lot of fun getting to know their fans and um, getting to know the culture that surrounds the team and their history. I, I'm i a huge history buff, so add sports on top of that. It just gets that much more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a mm-hmm. lot of fun working with them, and I'm looking forward to this season. We have a lot of fun things planned. Um, as of today, May 11th, tomorrow, the season announcement is dropping so they'll be dropping their schedule um and of course with how vaccines are rolling out right now Mm -hmm. it's going to be great it's going to be great to have that um atmosphere back at nissan stadium definitely and back in nashville um it's not the same um but i am so excited to work with them i'm working on a great project that's coming out of lipscomb right now um i worked on the pilot for it it's called dead sea squirrels um it's created by the it's created by the creator of uh, Veggie Tales. His name is Mike Naraki. He is oh, the cool. voice. He's the voice of Larry the Cucumber. Oh my um, gosh! It's great. It's based off of young adult series um, about these squirrels who were petrified in the desert near the Dead Sea in Galilee, and they get brought back to Tennessee. Rain falls on them. They come back to life two thousand <laughs> years later, and they help tell the stories of the Gospels to this little boy. Um, he kind of helps, he, who kind of acts like a conscience or like a moral guide, Mm -hmm. um, along his, you know, along his journey as a fifth grader. Um, I was the lead layout artist on the pilot and I enjoyed every single minute. Um, Tom Bancroft, who, um, I mentioned beforehand, he was the animation supervisor on it. So Mm -hmm. I got to work with him and I got to work with a lot of my classmates and peers on that. Um, so that was my project during, um, the pandemic and that's what's really cool kind of about working in animation is like even though everywhere else was shut down like animation mm-hmm. was still going strong like people were working from home and yeah. that definitely helped me get through 2020 was being able to meet with my peers weekly and work and get this thing done and it 
it's going to be, it's going to be great. Like I'm really excited for that project. That's um, super so that's that, so and that's cool. coming straight and that's coming straight out of Nashville too. Woo-hoo. So it's like, there's a really cool animation scene in Nashville. That's like really up and coming right now. A lot of cool stuff coming out of it. And dead sea squirrels is just one tiny, one tiny bit of that. <laughs> that's so cool. And so is that out? now or it's coming out soon not yet i think they're going to drop the pilot it could be soon i don't know if it's going to happen later in 2021 or 2022 but it's it's getting there it's getting really close cool yeah so freaking awesome so (laughs) if people want to like connect with you or see your work like what's the best way they can do that um you can find me on instagram that's one of my biggest platforms instagram halium draws um you can find me there you can find me on Twitter under the same name, Haley M. Draws. I just post a lot of memes, though. Um, so you might not see a whole bunch of my <laughs> You can find me there, too, on Facebook. It's Art of Haley Mullins um, on Facebook. And I think that's just about it. I also have a website, but I don't have an established domain, like, domain name yet. So can't tell you what that is right now, but everywhere else works just <laughs> works just as well. Awesome. All right. So everybody yeah. needs to follow you. Haley <laughs> M draws Instagram. Her art is phenomenal. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and last but not least, I always love to close out the show with a, a question of the audience or impromptu yeah. question. So actually I have an eight year old, my friend's son, Ty, who is, he absolutely loves drawing. And so when I told him who I was interviewing, he said, <laughs> Well, I have a few questions for her. So, <laughs> so the first question you already answered, which is the name of the professor that you yes. uh, were aspiring to work with. So that question was answered. He wanted yeah. to know, and, and maybe you know, maybe you don't. Uh, okay. what, what was the year of the first uh, animation studio that was established? I was like, I don't know if she'll know that, but I'll ask. Well, <laughs> I know of a few. So a really okay. cool, a really cool other thing about me, I guess I'll say, I'm a huge animation history nerd, film okay. history nerd. Um, I collect animation memorabilia, so that's something that's very, very um, important to me. I mm-hmm. believe in protecting the work of the past and letting that serve as a guide for the future I think we we as artists we can learn a ton from the past it's so true shapes the art that we make we wouldn't be here um without their talent and without the work they produced I think it resonates with me on a much more personal level because of the tie to Disney um I did something really interesting and I looked back through our faculty and the combined training that they got through mm-hmm. Disney and the way they trained animators at Disney was you were assigned a mentor and that mentor had a few people under him. And they, that has been a tradition that Walt Disney set aside back in the 1940s, like back when he was working on, you know, Pinocchio and mm-hmm. Dumbo and Cinderella. And oh, wow. um, for my mentors, so Tom Bancroft, he learned under an artist named Mark Henn. And Mark Henn was trained by... Um, a couple of artists who were known as the Nine Old Men. And the Nine Old Men were Walt Disney's um, like most trusted animators, like the most skilled. Um, they were called the Nine Old Men as a reference to the time to the Supreme Court. Um, mm. And those were, those were Walt's core artists at the studio that he could rely on. Um, so Mark had been trained under these, um, under a couple of those artists. Um, I don't know who specifically he trained under, but I know mm-hmm. 
for another mentor of mine who I worked for in the past, um, John Pomeroy. Um, if you don't know who John Pomeroy is, he worked on films like The Land Before Time and All Dogs Go to Heaven and mm. Secret of Nim. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, if you know the video game uh, Dragon's Lair, mm-hmm. which is a staple in the 80s, um, he was behind that. And so John was trained by Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston and Eric Larson. Um, so I did my homework and I traced back the history and combined with their mentors and then as far back as I could go with the nine old men's mentors, mm-hmm. whether they were in college at the time or working individual jobs, I went as far back as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, that Disney history bundles up to be around close to 100 years old. Okay. So people who and people who have come to Lipscomb, they're getting the same training that Tom got from Mark, who Mark got from Eric, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So it's a direct lineage of Disney animation history, which I that's so cool. Had to take a moment to sit and think about. So yeah. back to back to Ty's question. About animation (laughs) studios. Um, Walt Disney Animation Studio was founded in 1923. Um, I believe they're about to turn 109 or 110 years old. Um, Fleischer Studios was existent at around... um, The Fleischer Studio was created probably sometime in the 1910s or 20s. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll know them best for Betty Boop. And characters like those, uh, Betty Boop, Coco the Clown. Um, You know, I can't tell you what the first was, but I can tell you the big two pillars at the time um, when it came to competition was definitely Disney and Fleischer. Um, They were the two big heads that, you know, constantly clashed against each other all the Mm -hmm. way up until um, at one point there was a strike at Disney and then people broke away in the 40s, 50s, and they became UPA. Um, if you know the animation that you see at like drive-ins mm-hmm. with the concession stands and dancing like food and drinks, yeah, um, that type of retro postmodern look was all UPA. Mm. Um, the Pink Panther was also UPA. Um, oh wow! So like that flat, really colorful but dynamic um, look that we saw um, was was all UPA. And of course, artists that worked at UPA went on to work at like Warner Brothers. And so that kind of affected mm. the way that the Warner Brothers cartoons look like Looney mm-hmm. Tunes. And I don't yeah. know a lot about Warner Brothers. I would like to learn more, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of like spread out. Like it's kind of central, like central around Disney. And then people broke apart eventually mm-hmm. as time went off. And that's kind of where we got the animation industry that we got today. That's was so interesting. From one moment in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I love so your... I hope that answers your question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure he's like jumping up and down that you answered it. Um, thank you so much. This has been so of fun. Course. We'll definitely thank have to do, so absolutely. We'll have to do follow-up session down the road to see yeah. where you're at on your journey and see thank what's you. new and what's popping and everything for you. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're one busy lady. <laughs> oh, thank you, Erin. I appreciate the opportunity and I am just so I'm just so just I I'm so just excited. Thank you so much for taking your time to talk to me and Absolutely. talk about animation and art in just Nashville. Like I love this city so much. So. Right, that was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a wrap, folks. Thanks so much for listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. I hope you learned something today. I hope we added so much value to you. And it would mean the world to me if we did, if you would share it with someone you care about. 
or maybe even share it on social media. You can go ahead and tag us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Real Move Happy, on Twitter at Move Happy Team, Snapchat at The Move Happy. On LinkedIn, you can tag me, Erin Nicole, CEO and founder of Move Happy. And you can also tag our business page at move-happy. On Clubhouse, you can follow me at movehappyerin, that's E-R-I-N. Um, although you can't share content on there specifically that's recorded, you can verbally talk about the show and any of my content to connect with others that are passionate about mental health. I love you so much. Thank you again so much for listening. So now I'm going to check where we're at as far as the downloads of this show as of Monday, May 31st. 2021 at 5 30 p.m central here we are oh and by the way you can check this 24 7 if you go to themovehappy.podbean.com you can check and see how many downloads we're at all right so we're at 2697 so super stoked you guys are spreading the word spreading the message i don't pay for ads or bots this is literally word of mouth you're talking about it you're sharing you're spreading the word And I really am super grateful for you. And because I'm grateful and I love to sing, and I've been told that my singing from others um, helps with their mood, helps with, you know, making them feel good about themselves and being entertained and whatnot, I'm hosting and performing in a special listening room experience for all my super fans. Um, and the way you're considered a super fan is by sharing the content, getting my attention, um, you know, applying the content and maybe sending an email in on how something from some weekly topic really impacted you or a guest impacted you and you decided to take positive, healthy action in your community, um, you know, different examples like that. And once we hit 10,000 downloads of the show, the first listening room will be experienced and invites will be sent out to you guys. Um, If you're not sure what a listening room is, essentially this is a private like first release, early release of music from myself and other stellar musicians that I've connected with along this journey that want to release it before it's out to the masses. So this is something super special And the only way to get access is by literally spreading positivity, spreading love, um, and helping us build out this brand globally. Thank you so much in advance, and I will see you next time. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today.